All right. Well, anyway, hi, Kate. Are you there? <laughs> hi, Steve. How are you? Oh, my God. It's so nice to talk to you. I feel like it's been a crazy long time since we've yes. talked. It's true. And I, I miss being able to physically be in the space. I know. I We were just like discussing you and what we should talk about here and thinking about how you have to be in our like top 10 sketchbook participants. Uh, right? I mean, Autumn, you put that she has 11 books. Yeah, 11 books. Mm-hmm. That's based on the survey Kate filled out for us. Yeah, and I think that might also not be the correct number. I think there's actually an extra one in there. <laughs> Sending false info for I our know. survey. I, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. That's data we need. <laughs> I'll double check, uh, but I, it's like 11 or 12. I can't remember. From Brooklyn, New York, this is the Brooklyn Art Library Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Peterman. Oh, this is where I say my name. <laughs> Actually, that's great. Yes. What, what is your name? <laughs> and I'm Autumn, your other host. The other host. Hey, Autumn. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm, I'm really excited about today's episode uh, because Kate Costelli has she's got to be the top five artists that have done the most books right yeah she has been working with the sketchbook project for a decade I think that's like a really interesting place to start I mean you were 23 when you did your first sketchbook you're now 34 and uh, you've done 11 or 11 plus, 11 minus, we don't know. Uh, there's a lot of sketchbooks. So I guess let's go back a little bit. Tell us how you first, uh, if you remember, how did you first find out about the project? I do actually remember really vividly because I had just graduated um, from my BFA program uh, with a degree in illustration and art history. And I was... Um, living in Boston at the time and just really like anxious about getting work out and like feeling like I had to like hustle really hard. Um, But you know, it's really tough. It's not like there's like magically galleries everywhere or opportunities. And I started to like really look for um, like online resources to submit things. And you had posted, and this is like way back. I think it was like the second version or second volume of the sketchbook project you had put an all call or kind of a call for entries on the new york foundation for the arts um message board i thought you were gonna talk about my greatest like disappointment how we posted on craigslist (laughs) oh my gosh no i missed that and that would have been amazing i know i was like wait did she find us from craigslist that would be (laughs) the best ever that's so funny i mean I feel like 2008, 2009 was like the like infant version of social media that we're (laughs) dealing with now. So there's like some elements of this that I'm very like, yeah, that seems like that could have happened. But (laughs) (laughs) so I I saw this call for entry and I had been very into sketchbooks throughout my time in undergrad. And it just felt like a really like sign from the universe that this was something I should participate in. Um, and yeah, so I think I sub- at the time it was like, you literally sent the tiny moleskins. And, yeah. um, and I was also stoked because there was a scheduled stop in Boston. Um, 
Right. As you were you were doing that kind of inaugural tour, so it felt like it was like perfect. Like it's like I could do a sketchbook, and then it'd be like a show, and like I would actually be doing something. Um, and it just clicked. Like it was definitely um, a kind of an ideal fit for both like what I was already doing and just kind of like where I wanted to go. Yeah, well, that's. I feel like you might have told me this origin story before, but I, it's, <laughs> I love that you use the the sign from the universe. It's, I think you're like, every person has said that, right, Autumn? I feel like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love the crossing of paths. I think it's so precious that you started your first sketchbook when you left university and now you work for a university and partner with us to bring the sketchbooks um, to the students, which is amazing. It is, you know, it's definitely like, it's something that I've actively incorporated in my teaching because it's had such a profound effect on my own career and process and I just feel like it's such a great way to just put work out there in this way that's not the traditional gallery space so it's like heck yeah I'm gonna like encourage my students to engage in this yeah Um, so it's fun and yeah I'd love I love championing you guys however (laughs) I can with my students because I think you treat your artists really well so that's also a, a kind of an anomaly I think sometimes in the art world of having a really good experience with a gallery or with, you know, an exhibition is not typical. So this feels like a really, really great setup on both ends. Well, that's very nice of you to say. We we, we do try to treat people as, as good as possible. And I also yeah. like that you uh, you kind of pivoted for me, which is what I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned that it's such a big part of your practice. And I, I know we've talked about this before, and I have it here that you know, you sort of make it an annual project for yourself to be a part yeah. of your studio practice. And I'm really curious on that. And I think people are, are going to be are interested to hear like how you use this process as a tool for making your, your larger projects. Yes. So it's funny because um, I actually have a really hard time keeping a sketchbook like open-ended and continuously. Like I, you know, I love having them when I travel because it feels like something that I can like encapsulate. But what I started doing with the sketchbook project, because there was this kind of finite deadline, it created a really good parameter for me to work with. And I like working with parameters. I actually work really, really well. I think it's my illustration brain that's like, yes, like I need some limitations to make this really work. So the fact that I was working with this this size parameter, right? So you're sending us this really great sketchbook that's a specific size. And you had some kind of thematic arches. And then there was a deadline it was really motivating for me to kind of think about this less as this open-ended thing and more as a self-contained project. And what I started doing was kind of looking at whatever I was working on in the studio, um, you know, whether it was printmaking or drawing, or if I was like really, really stuck, and then use the sketchbook project as the vehicle to either pull together those threads of, of stuff. Like, oh, like I spent a year... I spent like five years being obsessed with chairs, you know, and and incorporating chairs into my work. And there's a very distinct sketchbook in the collection that is dealing with chairs um, in the Jardin Tuileries in Paris. And it became this like great vehicle for me to like focus, you know, and and pull these threads into a very tangible thing. Um, And I still use it. I still kind of approach the sketchbook that way that it's like, oh, you're into the moon. Great. Like make a moon sketchbook. (laughs) Which I think there's three moon sketchbooks. <laughs> oh, we love the moon sketchbooks. I have to talk about, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I also in in undergrad went through 
a chair phase. <gasps> and like, no way. Yeah. Everything I did was chairs. I assigned chairs to every family member that I had. <laughs> and I have all amazing. these scenes of like what each of my family member would be as a chair together and they're like family portraits. So I'm glad yes. we both had that phase. I love, you know, and I think I love the idea that chairs are like stand-ins for people. That was always a fascination for yeah. me. It was like, they're these like really specific, beautiful shapes and they're like so practical, but they're all about whether somebody is present or absent. So it just is like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they have I so still, much personality, those chairs. <laughs> I know. And I'm like looking in my apartment and it's like, I think that's the most furniture I have or like an excess <laughs> of chairs. So... So yeah, let's, well, so you have your moons and, and you're really, you're, you're big on, uh, like scientific graph paper and book illustrations and, and reincorporating ephemera and, and things like that. And that's, I think what originally drew me to your, your books initially, which is how, I mean, that's something that I love to collect and to look at and to touch and to feel. And I think, uh, you do it in such a, a beautiful, unique way that really sets you apart from you know like a traditional collage artist so yeah talk about that a little bit and and sort of how you use history in your work and and things like that sure well think first off thank you um i think you know one of the the reasons i use a lot of ephemera and like collage materials is i actually have a really hard time with a blank page and i think that's something that's can be kind of psychologically daunting for a lot of artists is that there's just like pristine surface and like you put so much pressure on yourself to make a masterpiece or like it has to come out exactly the way it's in your head. And I sometimes find it's like easier for me to just start if I have something that I can, or a surface, like a printed surface or a piece of ephemera that I can react to. Um, it kind of breaks that preciousness. And I'm also like, I'm a history nerd and a book nerd. And I just love that like paper has all of this meaning and history on it and we can kind of engage with it. So I like adding to that stuff. It takes the preciousness and the pressure away. Um, it's also fun to collect. You know, I think there's something cool about like, that's part of my research is just like, I like to go to use bookstores or, you know, I transitioned in the pandemic to having to really kind of dig on Etsy and eBay to find these these kind of stashes yeah. of stuff. Um, and it's fun, you know, it's, it's a little bit of that collecting magpie bug. It's a little bit of curating and it's a little bit of just like tricking my brain into working because I can add a mark to something that's already got something on it, but it feels really scary to do that on a, a blank white page or a canvas, although I never paint. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Was that always your style? I'm trying, I know that you did like, you, well, you talked about the chairs, you did some architectural yeah. drawings in your book. So how have you yeah. sort of evolved over the decade? I mean, using sketchbooks maybe as a milestone, but mm -hmm. I'm curious just your, your practice uh, as a whole. Totally. I mean, it's interesting because um, I love to draw, but I very rarely incorporate my drawings into kind of my, my final pieces or work that I, I kind of put out in the public. Drawing feels like a really personal thing to me. So um, I do a lot of sketching when I travel and it's a lot about just like being in that moment and like doing these architectural drawings. So I always struggle and, and it's interesting because it intersects on the ephemera is like between doing straight collage where I'm, I'm pulling together and interpreting things from other sources and printmaking and drawing. 
um, I fight with myself a lot about how much my hand is kind of really in the, the mark making or the, the layering. And I think I go through some phases. Um, some years I do more drawing and more printmaking and it, it gets layered on top of stuff. Right now, I feel like I've been in a, a chapter maybe in the last like, I'd say like year or two that I'm much more interested in, in collage. So actually like kind of engaging with the pieces that I'm collecting. Um, I come from a really, really strong kind of drawing background. You know, I, I went through illustration, the illustration BFA. Um, I was always interested in, in line and drawing. And um, it's just something that sometimes takes a back burner when I get really excited about materials that I'm finding. Um, so it's a push and pull. Like I, I feel like my style has definitely evolved, but the stuff that's important to me, that's like a thread throughout remains pretty much the same. Um, and I think that's kind of good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I really, I like the idea, um, I think you said this a little earlier, but I was just thinking about using the collage as a starting point. I think that's an issue that I'm sure a lot of mm-hmm. people in our community have. And I know that's definitely a thing for me too, because I'm not strong at drawing and it's not even something that I necessarily love doing. But I, I think when I've ever used... I mean, I went to school for printmaking, so I guess using an object mm-hmm. repeated sort of makes sense that I would yeah. feel more comfortable in that. But yeah, that's 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 a really good point. Where one of the things we're thinking about it in all these episodes are just like, is there a takeaway from that uh, for people to make their own work? And that's, I think that's a really good one for people to think about. Yeah, and I think there's also as an artist, I think we're constantly looking and absorbing and kind of like digesting things and. I think sometimes collage is a really, or collage or ephemera is kind of a really great way to just start somewhere. You know, like you can react to something, you can feel something, you can add or subtract. And I think it creates uh, a structure for more successful explorations um, overall than maybe just having this kind of starting from blankness or nothingness. And I like that. I like being able to respond to things. Um, and I think that's what artists kind of generally do as we move through the world is that we're, we like to like point things out and say, look at that thing. It's cool. Or like, <laughs> I love that color. And, you know, so there's a little bit of that kind of just happens naturally when you get to work with collage materials. I love that so much. I, I, it's really staying with me kind of that comment you made of going through different phases um, through your process, depending on the materials you're working with and letting those mm-hmm. materials kind of move you and help you create stories. So I'm kind of interested in, because you mentioned that the pandemic has kind of changed the way that you're interacting with materials. So what materials have you been interacting with and what kind of stories have you been uh, playing around mm-hmm. with lately? So it's funny. I, um, I actually have given myself a challenge to... Um, create like a certain number of collages based on the first like chunk of isolation that I sent. So like I, like I said before, I love parameters. So it's much easier for me to create something when I have to do a hundred of them than it is just just be like, execute this concept. Um, so I'm working on, you know, completing these 89 collages because I spent the first 89 days of the pandemic in like total isolation, like seeing nobody. Um, so I'm finding in this work, what's really coming to the surface is that I'm reacting to a lot of like black and white images of cities. Um, so like looking at stuff from like old time life magazines and like old magazines from like the forties and fifties that are like specifically like around New York, 
Um, and a lot of my imagery is like architectural imagery, city imagery, um, these kind of spaces that are voids and emptinesses and emptinesses. That's not even a word. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I, it's really struck me like now that I'm like almost complete with this like series is that it's a lot of black and white images. And it's a lot of these images that are kind of devoid of people and vibrancy and are very kind of stark. And I think that's such a direct relation to just like how I'm feeling, you know, what I'm missing by living in a city and not being able to be in the city during this whole time. So it's been, you know, it's actually kind of narrowed um, my search for stuff, you know, so now I'm looking on eBay for things like, you know, 1950s Time Life magazines and and things. And it becomes actually a little bit easier to find stuff because I know what I'm looking for. Um, But yeah, it feels like a very stark um, kind of body of work. And I I love it, actually, because I feel it feels very, like, timely for what I'm I'm feeling and what I'm interesting and and what I'm longing for. You know, like, I want to be out on the on the sidewalks and going to the used bookstores again. Um, but I can't. So I'm in this kind of limbo of reacting to that. Um, and I have a feeling once we kind of open up and get back out in the world that the work is probably going to shift into something that's a little bit more vibrant. Um, but right now I don't feel like making vibrant work. I feel like making these kind of more meditative, um, pieces. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hope for that vibrant. Yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Like we've, I think, we've we've survived a year, so my hope is that you know maybe moving forward, we can start letting letting more light in and getting more things in our tank. You know, like that's a struggle to just kind of keep motivated. Um, you know, I've had that question a lot in my head of just like, why am I making art during a pandemic? You know, and what's what's the point? Why and not? I. Yeah. And part of it is like, yeah, why not? And, and you have to process the world somehow. And, and this is a really, really tangible way for me to do that. Yeah. Well, love that. It was love talking to you always. <laughs> um, thanks for being Thank like definitely top five sketchbook participant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you guys. <laughs> well, we love yeah. you. We, we hope for vibrancy for all of us soon. And I hope that your yes. artwork finds that as well. But we're also really excited because I'm sure your non-vibrant stuff is beautiful. I can't wait to see <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you soon, Dave. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. that's it thank you so much for listening everyone and thank you for kate uh, for chatting with us and my wonderful co-host steven um if you want to find out more about the artists we feature make a donation or make your own sketchbook head over to brooklynartlibrary.org podcast talk to you soon